So when I was in elementary school, we did an ancestry report. And we were to give a presentation on where our families were from uh, and what kind of ancestral background we had. Now, this is something that uh, I actually grew up doing. My dad was very proud of like, our ancestral heritage. Uh, so I already knew it by heart. Uh, mostly because we're, like, my family is from all over the place. My family uh, is Scottish, Irish, English, Welsh, Spanish, Portuguese, German, Swiss, Chinese, Incan, and African. So I am America. Like, I am the melting pot, right? Uh, so uh, when I gave my presentation, I was, like, really excited to tell them this because I already knew it all. And it even uh, it was funny because, like I said, I learned this as a kid. Uh, my in-laws got us a 23andMe kit, and it all came back exactly the way that we had it. So it was like, yes, smarter than 23andMe. But uh, so we did this report. And I've always been super proud, you know, when I get to the last few, like Chinese and Incan and African. Uh, but uh, it's always whenever I could say Chinese, I like, love to see people's faces like, oh, really? Uh, or they're like, you're, you're lying. Uh, and so uh, I, get to, I get to my part, and I'm like, Incan and Chinese and African, and all the kids are like, ooh, whoa, that's cool. And then comes this girl, Brianne Prock. She one-upped me. She starts listing her ancestry, and her closer is better than mine. She goes, and last but not least, I'm part cougar. And then she goes, not, I'm not making this up. This is third grade, Mr. Mr. Pozell's class, which he goes to our church too, which is cool. Anyways, I was insanely jealous I'm like, I have Chinese. This girl's freaking cougar? Are you kidding me? Now, I was in third grade, and the teacher never corrected her. didn't say, that's not possible. She's, she's cougar. She's part cougar. That's who she was. And I thought that probably going up until high school. Like, it wasn't until high school that, like, in science class, we were talking about, like, ancestry again and where we come from. And then I realized, I'm like, oh, this girl's a liar. Brianne Prock is a liar. She is not part cougar. And so it was like, until high school, I thought this. Now, it wasn't like I was thinking every day, like, I got to disprove this. It just all of a sudden came back to me. So I'm not that stupid. I'm only a little stupid. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just, I couldn't believe that she had one up me like that. Now, at the end of that, my question wasn't, is this a real thing? Is she really part cougar? My question was, why am I not part cougar, right? Uh, so for all this time, I'm thinking that just because I didn't know what the truth was. I didn't know that you physically possibly, couldn't possibly be part cougar. I didn't know the truth. I hadn't learned it. I hadn't been taught it, and I hadn't studied it yet. So when we look at what the truth is and how we apply it to our life, uh, I look at Jesus in John 17, 17, and he's praying to God the Father, and he says, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. So without truth, we have nothing to stand on, right? Without truth, you could say that you are part cougar 
And if there's you know, no truth at all, I can't argue with her against that, right? She could be part cougar because that's her truth. But there has to be a truth, right? So if God's word is truth, which it is, and like, like I said, Steve talked about this last week, uh, and if you weren't here, definitely go back and listen to it. But if God's word is truth, how do we apply this truth to our lives? Well, let's look to God's word, the truth, to see how we can apply it. If you guys are note takers, pull out your notes, take out your phones. I'm going to give you guys a bunch of verses. I'm going to give you uh, four things to keep in mind when we are applying God's truth to our lives. The first scripture is 2 Timothy 3.16. And Steve said this one last week too, but it says, All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. God's word teaches, it guides, it corrects, and it trains us how to be righteous, how to be like God. It is our guide to living out a life that God has guided and directed. So maybe tonight you're saying, Seth, how can I use the Bible to guide and teach me? And I'm like, I'm so glad you asked. First, first, and this seems like an easy answer, but it's because it is easy. You have to read God's word, right? Easy. You got to read it. But how many of us know this and still don't do it? I'm definitely guilty of that. You're not going to learn what scripture has to say by osmosis. Holding the Bible's not going to teach you. Chanting it will not teach you. Uh, did you guys see the most recent? No, it's not the most recent. Did you guys see Star Wars movie? Oh, man, I'm going to forget what it's called now. But this guy, he goes around chanting, like, I am one with the Force, and the Force is one with me. And he's, like, got Jedi martial art skills, and he dodges all the lasers and everything like that because he's got this mantra. Chanting God's word is truth isn't going to teach us that stuff. That's just a movie, and I love it. Uh, no, to know the truth, you have to study it. You have to read it. You have to learn it. You have to understand it. Now, Steve has talked about this too, and if you are already a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, which dwells inside, will guide you in your scripture reading and draw things out, draw things to your attention, will convict you, it will expose things going on in your own life. Now, on the other side, if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, first of all, so glad you're here. We are so glad you're here. But if you're not a follower of Jesus, and you're wanting to know more about him and the Bible, come talk to me. If you're wondering like, hey, I want to know about Jesus. I want to know about God. Uh, I see that reading the Bible is probably a great place to start. I would love to help guide you and direct you and where to start because sometimes uh, for people who do not know God or don't know Jesus, jumping right into the beginning, Genesis, can get weird really quick. Uh, and that's not saying that God can't use Genesis to speak to you, but, uh, you know, it, it just, a lot of stuff happens, and I would love to kind of guide you where a good starting point is. Uh, did you guys ever watch Parks and Recreation? Yes. yes. I always tell people, if you're going to start watching Parks and Recreation, start in season two, because that's where the uh, stable characters are, and the character development has really started. Go through the season, 
and uh, go through the series and then come back to season one because then you will understand who they are. That's a really like abstract uh, example, but it's kind of the same principle. If you, yeah, yeah, hey, all right, good, speaking to you. <laughs> uh, so I'm not saying God can't use Genesis, but I would rather point you to a different starting point. So feel free to come talk to me if you're, if you're wanting to get plugged into scripture and see what, what God wants to uh, speak to you in your life. Uh, but reading the Bible is your first step. Psalm 119, verse 15 through 16, says, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statues. I will not forget your word, which leads us to our second step. It says, I will not forget your word. Second, it is important for us to memorize God's word. Did you guys know that back in biblical times, they didn't have the Bible? It was still, some parts were still being written, uh, but even the parts that they did have, like the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, uh, it wasn't like something like, you know, we've got Bibles here, and I would just give you one. You guys have phones. You could just download it and download the Bible app on your phone, and you'd have it like that. Back then, they didn't have that luxury. And so what they did instead... Uh, they would memorize scripture. Uh, they would read through the scrolls. You know, Steve talked about these long, giant scrolls that they would have. They would actually memorize them. They had classes where they would go to and they could memorize them and they would recite them daily and memorize it. And that is so important in uh, having a relationship with God. An example uh, is Jesus, even. Jesus himself has scripture memorized uh, to further his walk. In Matthew 4, uh, we see a story of uh, Jesus going out into the wilderness, out into the desert, and he is confronted by Satan himself. And Satan starts saying, like, oh, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? You know, if you're, if you're hungry and thirsty, I'll give you food and water. All you have to do is just worship me. And Jesus then, having scripture memorized, says, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, Jesus being God could have easily have said like, Satan, go away, I'm God. But instead, what does he do? He gives us an example to live by. He has scripture memorized himself and uses that to fight against temptation. When we memorize scripture, it allows us the opportunity for it to come to mind when we are presented with obstacles in our life. I can't even tell you how many times something in my life has come up where I'm like, shoot, like, what do I do? This is tough. And then, bam, because I have gone through some scripture, because I have memorized it, committed it to mind, it just pops up. And it's so cool. It's so helpful. Um, and it's something that we need to be doing more in our lives. Uh, another verse is Psalm 119, verse 105. It says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I'm going to give you kind of an example of, of memorizing scripture here. Uh, I uh, live in the house that I grew up in. So my wife and I bought my childhood home, which is really cool because uh, my two daughters uh, are five and six, and they have my old bedroom when I was five and six. Uh, so I, I, I moved to Oregon in 1989, 
into this house. So I've been at this house uh, my whole life except for the first two years of my marriage. And then we moved into the house and bought it, and I've been there ever since. Now, every night, my wife and I will go to bed, and we get to watch, like, we'll, we'll lay in bed and to unwind, watch, like, Parks and Rec or The Office or New Girl or Friends or Arrested Development. I could keep going. Uh, but we, we like to watch these shows to kind of, like, unwind our day. And almost every single night, I have to have a bowl of cereal or a bowl of ice cream. Feel me? Yeah, you feel me. Uh, and... I never turn the lights on when I do that. I never do because I have been in my house so long that when the lights were on, I have my whole house memorized. I can walk all the way to the other side of the house. It could be pitch dark. I could walk into the bathroom. And you guys probably have that same experience with like your childhood homes or the house you live in or the apartment you live in now. Um, If you are there long enough and you've seen what your house looks like in the light, you have it memorized what it's like in the dark, and you could walk around in the dark. So when we memorize Scripture, Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. When we memorize Scripture, it will get us through the darkest periods or the darkest moments of your life. You'll come to these junctures in life where you're like, what do I do? I don't know where I'm supposed to go. And then, like I said, those verses, those scriptures that you have memorized will all of a sudden come to your mind and will help you get through some of those dark times. Third, we need to meditate or think on God's word and then apply it. I already read Psalm 119.15, but I'm going to read it again. Psalm 119.15 says, I will meditate on your precepts, precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. When we read through Scripture, we need to say, how does this apply to my life? We are to meditate, to think on his word. Even through some of the stories that are told, like Noah or Moses or Daniel, Job, Adam, and Eve, these, are, these all have applications for our lives from which we can learn. We can see like what they did wrong and what they needed to do right. And when we come to those kind of uh, junctures in our lives, we can take those examples. Whether it's at school or work or in relationships or even in regard to our attitudes, we can look and say, who am I? In this story, who am I in this verse? What do I need to grow in? What do I need to work on in my own life? Because we all have some uh, way that we could be growing to be more Christ-like. We all have these moments where we fail. And sometimes when we even know the verse, when we even know the story, and we're like, shoot, like, I messed up like Job, like Adam and Eve, like Noah, like Moses. Um, but like Steve said last week, it's cool that Scripture points out these flaws because we're all in good company. None of us are righteous, and we should all be growing to be more like Jesus. God's Word guides and teaches, and 
It allows the opportunity to be obedient. Because guess what? When that verse comes to mind, and then I decide to do the opposite. We've been there. We've all been there. We know what the right thing is to do, and yet we still go the other way. I can't even count how many times in my life that I've known what the right thing to do is. But for whatever reason inside me, whatever rebellion I have, whatever sins going on in my life, I'm like, no, I'm going to do this instead. James 1, 22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Like I said, I can't tell you how many times I've been disobedient on accident or even on purpose. And maybe you have too, but I want to encourage you, do not be disheartened in that. God's grace knows no bounds and knows no limits. God's grace is abundant. When we fail, he is so fast to forgive. He is there for you immediately. Sometimes when I fail, sometimes when I sin, I think, oh, I better sit in this, I better stew in this. I better really think about like, what I've done, which is good. It's good to think about what you've done. But when you allow the enemy to come in and say, you need to distance yourself from God for a little while and think about what you've done. That's not what God wants. God wants you to come to him. God wants you in your sin, in your brokenness, to come and say, Lord, I need you. And I'll be honest with you guys, I had to do that today. I had to sit down before I started studying. I had to sit down and pray and say, Lord, this feeling, this sin in my life, I think I'm not giving it to you. I think I'm holding on to it, trying to be better by myself and not allowing you to do the work in me. And God's like, come to me right away. I'm forgiving, I'm loving, I'm merciful, I am gentle. Don't let Satan make you think that you don't deserve to be near him because that's not what he wants. And the encouragement is here. In Ephesians 1, verse 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Through Jesus, we are forgiven. When we fail, we get up, dust your shoulders off, go again. Guess what? That's what all of life is going to be like because we're continually growing. We're never going to reach super saiyan ultimate level of being a Christian. We're always growing. But through Jesus, we are forgiven, and we try again. The last verse I have for you is Romans 12, verse 2. It says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By reading, by memorizing, by meditating on his word, through prayer and by living it out, 
if you are earnest in this, if you are truly seeking after him, if you are truly trying to do these things, you will be transformed to be more like Jesus. And it takes effort. It takes the right mindset. It takes obedience. This book, the Bible, is... uh, Steve did this last week, but I'm pointing to my iPad. This book is your guide to life itself. Treat it like it is your guide to life. Because this is God's word spoken, breathed out to teach, to correct, to train in righteousness. Do not be disheartened when you fail. Come to him and let God's word be your guide to life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.